the consent that isn't enthusiastic or the emotional erosion is what really hit home with me as something that we need to continue to like label as harassment. Really, it's the erosion of what you your boundary belief is. While this might be accepted all these other times, not anymore. Hello and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky, I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Ingrid. Hi, how are you? I am doing good. I'm grateful for air conditioning because California is unseasonably hot, much like New York. Well, you know what's so funny? It felt like a full fall day today. Oh, it did? It was actually chilly. I actually came out of the park because I was too cold. Whoa. Ah, I don't know if that's real or not. It might be a fluke. You live in a place with different climates. I know, and I I actually like specifically... (laughs) I almost didn't post anything about it on Instagram because I was like, I'm going to rub it in all my poor Californian friends' faces. Because <laughs> uh. you are full of fires right now and heat that's over 100 degrees. And we often don't get fires until October, but right. it's too hot right now. I This is Ugh. as hot and still and muggy. Well, not like it's not like overboard muggy because I've been in muggier climates, but it's... For California. Yeah, it's uncommon. It's just the air is still. There's not a breeze or anything. So Hmm. it's been unpleasant. Unpleasant for us wimpy Californians that just like the temperate 76 degrees every single day of the year. It's It's a hot climate there and also a hot topic today. Yes, our hot topic is born from the intro to grad school that I had to do. Mom's going to grad school. Woohoo! Going back to school, doing something new. What are you studying in grad school, Mama? I am studying educational therapy. Awesome. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I, well, that's the point, I think. You know, let's just get a degree for the things that you really are already an expert in. You'll learn more things, of course. But I will. I will. I'm looking forward to it and I'm interested in it. So, yes, it's going to be good. And before I got allowed to take classes, I had to watch a video series on interpersonal violence. And I I think they called it in the past, like sexual assault. Yeah. So let's give a, let's give a little trigger warning right at the beginning to say that this is, um, basically, yeah, a topic about, um, personal safety and assault in, uh, specifically within like collegiate or or school settings, but really in general. So if that doesn't sound like something that you want to include or be or or handle right at this moment in this time, go ahead and skip to any of our other topics, except for maybe me too. That's the other one that's similar to this. Um yeah, just a quick trigger warning for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you watch this and then I found it so good. I thought I was getting into like a 10-minute video and it took me an hour and a half to work through all the different modules. Oh, no. And I actually had it because it was for my school. I had to take quizzes at the end of it. So I had to pay attention to what they were saying and yeah, it was writing and everything. A lot. But I found it so enlightening and informative. 
that I shared it with Audrey and then I asked if you would watch it and you agreed to. So thank you for agreeing to watch something that's a little uncomfortable and very direct. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. It was uncomfortable and direct. And um, I think that trigger warning is is a little bit even for me going into this conversation um, because within watching the videos, I knew that we were going to talk about it on a podcast and I had to do some really active work to stay engaged and there was a lot of me that felt like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about because um, there's some personal experience there, not to an extent where I could tell a story on that kind of a informational um you know, setting, but, uh, I was just in college and I, like a lot of my life has to do with being a young single woman and how to keep myself safe every day. Um, so it was really close to home and it was a lot to have to dwell on and then go out into the world and continue to be aware of because I am anyway, Mm. you know? Um, so I'm going to have to do a lot of really active emotional work to stay open with you today and not just shut things down. Thank you. Uh, I do, I do want to say <laughs> that my intention was not to like poke into things that are, um, how do we distinguish between personal and private? So mm. when I was in a group before, we said, you know, you can talk about things that are personal, but you don't talk about things that are private because private things have to do with okay. you and your relationships. So if yeah. you wanted to disclose some, you are welcome to. But my intent was not to dig <laughs> or prod <laughs> into anything that is uh, private. I just was so actually happy to see this Hmm. information portrayed in such a direct way. Mm -hmm. And I really felt it was well-balanced. It wasn't just all pointing the finger at women against man. Anyone. It was like... No, that's true. Whatever gender, fluid situation, relationship you're in, it, it had you address that and recognize that that is the thing. And the bottom line is... Whatever you're doing with somebody else, you have to be willing to give an enthusiastic yes. And if at any stage of the process you stop feeling like you are able to give an enthusiastic yes, really the other person's responsibility is to stop. Mm -hmm. They have to know (laughs) that you're not giving an enthusiastic yes, but that's pretty obvious. Right, right. That's right. It's not... It's not just yes, and it's not silence. Silence isn't yes is the big, big thing when it comes to consent. Yeah, and that's new news. I would say I was introduced Mm. to that three years ago when your sister went to college and we watched, as the parents, interpersonal violence. They had a sexual harassment. That's what it was called, a sexual harassment video. And and it was about a cup of tea. Do you want a cup of tea? (laughs) You don't force a cup of tea Mm. down someone's throat if they don't want a cup of tea. If they're nonchalant about a cup of tea, you still don't force it down their throat. You're just like this. And so in this this description, in this um, study, they use the metaphor of a hamburger, like the same concept. But it's the exact same concept. You can't force it down someone's throat and make them eat it. And so so that was my first interaction with it. I, of course, didn't have anything like that in college. 
I don't remember anything mm. like that ever. So I was really grateful mm-hmm. for the enlightenment, but also saddened to think that girls and men, boys, women and men go through these kinds of things at all. Mm-hmm. But I liked that the whole concept of enthusiastic yes. The other point about it that I really liked is how to be an advocate for someone else and not just stand by quietly. And they gave like role play scenarios where they let, they gave Mm -hmm. like three different or four different versions of, if you see someone in this situation, this is how you could interrupt them to get them out of it. You could do all these different things that doesn't have to be like really mean, but just is helps them have an escape outlet. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. The, of course, um, when you find yourself in an unsafe situation, it often is because you've been isolated. But mm-hmm. uh, whenever there's a chance for a bystander to be there, that definitely there's um, guilt by association if you don't do something. And um, yeah, so being in a you know, the classic ones are like when you're at a party or when you're in a place where there's like multiple people being on the subway happens a lot to me, um, where you get to be aware of other people and stand up for each other. I, um, this is a, a more benign example. The, but this, the subway one is something that I've learned to be more and more aware of. Um, hmm. thanks to social media and the memes that happen to come across my page. So that's a good little portion of that where um, women talk about like supporting each other on the subway. And hmm. so I get to be a part of that now. Basically where we just all make eye contact, women on the subway, it uh, to like clock how we, each other are doing. Mm. There's lots of cool stories and I've started to like find myself in places where I'm like, all right, this could, if, you know, in a couple minutes, I could be this person. We'll see. Hmm. Where someone will just go up to sit sit next to, move to sit next to another woman on the on the train and just kind of whisper to them like, hey, do you guys know each other? Because she's talking to another gentleman. Just like, basically, the way to be an advocate is just to engage the person that seems like they might be in an interesting situation in a conversation to help them be like, we're together. Like, we're on a thing. Hmm. Just to double check that like, the, the man talking to you is someone that knows you. You feel safe. This is okay. You don't feel threatened. Great. God, I'm glad that you know each other. Whatever it is. Uh, there's just some really cool stories that I'm encouraged by where now I get to watch people, women on the subway, and make eye contact with them when someone starts yelling, you know, comments from across the subway room. And be like, all right, we're here together. Yep, we got each other's back. We're not, you know, we're going to get off at the same stop or let's walk together or... I'm just going to stand up next to you now. And it's, it's total, it's, it's not, it's all nonverbal communication of us keeping each other safe. That's fascinating. I'm reading a book right now called, uh, called Renovated, but it is, talks about the fast track mind and mm-hmm. how being able to make con- eye contact with people is six times faster than the slow track um, processing cognitive brain, mm. which is fascinating. So you do that. I didn't know you did that actively on the train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like a subtle awareness. Hmm. And you've have you stepped forward and talked to a, a female before when you're like not sure that she's talking to someone? 
I haven't yet, no. I noticed two things that happened last week, I think. There's one, the the homeless man walked into our train car and was sort of like yelling in general. And then I noticed that he started just aiming things a little bit more closely to a woman standing near me and um, Mm. sitting near me. Um, And then we were getting near a stop. And so she walked to the door Hmm. and held the, the pole. And I got up right after her and stood behind her and held the pole too. Just as like a quick hmm. movement between me and the man. Is that, hmm. I, and I don't know, you know, if something was really going to happen, of course, if there's going to be a bigger altercation, other people would also have to step mm-hmm. in because we're two women mm-hmm. of the same size. But there was a definite like quick mm-hmm. solidarity of like, yep, we're both standing up. We're both getting off. We're both like, you know, I just, I see you. Um, there was one where I didn't, have to act but an, another time when when a man just like sitting out of his mind was sort of just yelling in general but he happened to be sitting between me and another woman sitting across and so the two of us just made eye contact every once in a while to be like you still okay you still okay great he's still out of his mind okay we're both okay you know <laughs> as long as he's not really addressing you as, as i and i had it in my head like as soon as he addresses her i'm gonna go sit next to her and talk to her but he never did hmm. so i didn't have to Wow, that's powerful. I didn't know that you did that. Well, see, and those are those things where I'm, I am so thankful that whatever small steps we're making in society toward enthusiastic consent, which you just heard about really in your life in the grand scheme of things and those kind of things, I hope they do continue to be more like everyday conversations so that, you know, people like me that needed like a little meme to like help spark that idea in me start mm-hmm. to do it. But that's also why it was so uh, tiring to watch Mm. because I, you know, spent an hour working through it Mm. and then spent an hour trying to decompress from it. And then I walked the four blocks to my subway and got catcalled four times. And I was like, I'm already in a vulnerable place here where I'm usually like far more armored. Mm. Um, But I've been I've been on this for an hour already, Mm. you know. So that was a hard day. Mm. I'm sorry about that. Well, it's important information and it needs to be done. It needs to be done so that there's things to do. So it, it, you just have to know that, you know, as, as most kind of personal work, it, it's going to take something out of you for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that's healthy to say that. It takes something out of you for a minute, but you come back around. Right. I'd rather have the armor. Do you, you get catcalled that often? Yeah. And I mean, catcall is not so... Um, stereotypical is like an actual whistle necessarily usually it's god bless have a good day Mm. Ooh, whatever like kind of under your breath or like from across the street and you sit there like who do you think you are i don't know there's no logic to that (laughs) but i'm just gonna keep walking do you ever have anybody just say friendly hello well i don't trust a friendly hello oh i if you're saying hello to me you want something if you don't know me (laughs) i am not gonna trust that at all maybe if i'm with a group is that a new york thing i don't know. I would assume that it's a young female thing. <laughs> I Maybe. I mean, I think in... I mean, we talked about that actually when I moved to Nashville, that there was a lot more just like politeness, let me walk you home, that didn't have ulterior motives. And it was weird to me and it took me a while to figure out. Hmm. But both in LA and New York, for sure, I... As long as I'm with another person, then I, I feel like I can be open enough to like trust them a little more or be... Like give them the benefit of the doubt, especially if it's a male... Mm-hmm. Um, just say hi you know like what do you need 
there was one time when my roommate and I were walking and someone just like came up to her and gave her his number on a piece of paper and then it was like, bye, have a blessed day. And because we were together, we were like, wow, well, that was kind of nice that he noticed you and he didn't like force anything. He gave you a piece of paper and he left. We're not going to text him, but all right, I'll take the compliment. (laughs) But we were only able to say that because we were together and that was as far as he went. You know, Mm. like those are really specific situations. And when I'm alone, I will, I am on on defense. Hmm. doesn't mean I'm not polite, but I shut him down. What could you say besides what do you need? Like what if you didn't have that impression of yourself as a service person? I don't think I say what do you need. What do you mean? You mentioned that. Oh, what? What You just mentioned that. You said, hi, what do you need? I don't remember saying that. I'm confused. (laughs) I have to go back and listen to this now. Well, if a a man's coming, oh, like if a man is coming up to you in a group, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, 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 I do. Okay, see, I know where I was in that train of thought now. Um... Yeah, I don't think I do actually often say what... I think that's more of like the posture, mm-hmm. the openness to say it. I think it's usually just hi, you know, or uh, I mean, a, a man doesn't just come up with hi. They usually have a couple statements or requests right up the bat. So mm-hmm. it's much easier to just say no or hello or, mm-hmm. you know, I try to just try to feel it out. Is it... Are you the kind of type of person that's going to be more shut down if I say good afternoon? Or are you going to be the type of person that's going to be more uh, shut down if I say hi? (laughs) (laughs) And it's usually a clipped sentence. And then I... I, People do it differently. This is personality style. I I take eye contact away. Some people want to challenge and like get a little bigger by looking them in the eye longer. Um, I Mm. feel more comfortable looking away and going about my business, like not giving them enough attention. Mm. Per person. That is tricky to think about that. I don't have to think about that as much. Partly because of quarantine, and I don't get out that much. But also... um, Yep. Partly because you're married. I'm older. Partly because you live in a car. Walking in the neighborhood. I mean, one time I was on a subway platform, and I happened to be holding my hands together, and a man came up and, like, started, like, I don't know what he said, like, you're pretty or whatever. And then he looked at my hand, and I have a ring on my right hand because my sisters and I all the same ring but he was like oh sorry I see you're married and I just didn't correct him and he walked away and I was like great thank you to the unmarried <laughs> anyway so this is really really important information what so you you found it really helpful and eye-opening in a way that I I didn't find it so eye-opening because I am a little bit more active in it every day but that doesn't mean that I don't think like I do think it's important to spread widely so you it wasn't new news to you so much and had you seen different scenarios where you can intervene you mean uh like in college well yeah I guess you would have to be able to see if you could translate them now to today yeah part of its personality a lot of the interventions need to come when there's intoxication and yeah I don't get intoxicated very often (laughs) and I don't really like parties (laughs) right that was a uniqueness about, that's like kind of a microcosm of college right there, that picture. No, it's, uh, most people go to bars and spend a lot of money on alcohol every weekend here. I just am not one of those people. Oh, that's why that listen bar 
the dry bar was nice, but they're not really meeting anymore. They're just doing like Zoom virtual parties. Oh, so there's this, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this bar in Brooklyn that is like a really cool, hip bar, except the whole thing is non-alcoholic. Um, and some mom showed it to me, but we never actually went. And um, I think it's a really cool concept, but just due to the fact that I'm an introvert and I really would rather stay home with a book, I don't, it doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> Just because none of those scenes appeal to me. Yeah, even go to that scene. It is where a, a new, different way to meet people, though, which is nice. It is. But I am not trustworthy of any of those people, and I don't know how to go from a first date to a second date anyway, so I'm definitely not picking, <laughs> picking up a guy when we're both intoxicated. Mm, no, ma'am. <laughs> not up for it. <laughs> I, I was grateful for the news. I was grateful for uh, being able to just hear how people have those conversations and the really clear let your yes needs to be yes enthusiastically each stage of the way. Because part of what we have struggled with as parents is kind of the slippery slope of relationship intimacy. Yeah. And um, like it is a slippery slope and it's kind of arbitrary any kind of yeah. rules you come up with are a little bit arbitrary and it's like well this is what I did this is what I'm comfortable with I'm not comfortable with that kind of thing well and that is where it hit home a lot for me mm -hmm. when once it got into like dating harassment or like any of those like, like you're saying like slippery slopes a, a lot of harassment can sound very clean cut, you know, like <laughs> you're all at a party, then like there's a high chance of that. Mm -hmm. The consent that isn't enthusiastic or the emotional erosion is what really hit home with me as something that we need to continue to like label as harassment mm -hmm. that we don't, mm -hmm. you know. How many times have you and your boyfriend had an argument of the same kind of thing where when you really think about it, he's just like getting you to like putting putting enough logic behind his idea for you to be like, you're right. That is the logical place to have our boundary, you know, into a point where you're like, oh, and I totally believe that, too. Now that is totally where I am. This is growth for me. This is me not thinking just the way that I did when I was growing up just because it was I was spoon fed that this is personal growth. <laughs> when like, is it? That's a really hard thing to decide, and I even don't, I don't know, I don't know if for me it was personal growth or not necessarily, depending on the situation, but yeah, it, just for them to point out, like, anyone who speaks over you doesn't take your opinion at face value, brings up a subject over and over in order to argue, argue their own point, like, those things are red flags. Mm. Are they terrible to begin with? No. But, like, they are red flags that you should like look at because enough if they enough of them happen enough of the time there's an ulterior motive that was really important and I'm really glad that you talked to my younger sister about this because I I recognize that I'll read the reason that a lot of this was not new information for me is because of personal experience which she hasn't mm -hmm. had yet I like that that description of the erosion Really, it's the erosion of what you your boundary belief is. Of your, yeah, your values and your boundaries. But, and I get it. I mean, that's true of all of college. In some way, that's what your teachers in college are doing too. Is is seeing how far they can erode the the values or the educational like positions that you came into to college with anyway. Mm. 
like all of college is questioning your belief systems and seeing where you really stand so that you can be an adult and not just do whatever your parents did. Yeah. But it gets a little trickier when you're not talking about academics. That's true. Well, and it is nice to be able to talk about these things ahead of time. And I didn't really have the information or the understanding about how to talk about them when you were going into college. Yeah, it is. So as awkward as it is, I'm I'm just like to mm-hmm. your youngest sister, I'm just like, we're having this conversation. And it, I love actually that I had the video series to watch because it's so well articulated yeah. and I can just say, okay. I just want you to see this here and to have this picture. And I know we need to have more than one conversation. And um, But it's helpful to evaluate. I, and I have always had different information with regard to parenting her as, as far as just like talking about like, where do you get your belief system about interpersonal relationships? Is it is it from entertainment? And what messages do you get all the time? And then what messages are you believing? <laughs> so you might get these messages, but you might not believe them. Um, what messages are you telling yourself? What messages are you starting to believe? Are you willing to share them with me? Those kinds of things. And who else are, who else is in your corner that believes the same thing. That's a good point. You know, and that can't be a mom. I will just say right now. <laughs> it can't be the first the first ring of your of 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 your accountability system cannot be your parent because there's too much baggage there. Although you might get a lot of your values from your parent. But who are the other friends that just think similarly to you and will call it out and be like you know, like that's stupid or like that's not yeah that's a good point I'm not sure that I have had that conversation with her I think she has people in her corner but she might it might be worthwhile to um like say again I think she does a little bit more specifically and just like everything else those kind of conversations do get awkward if you name them too specifically you know like it's not like I look to my friends and like (laughs) say can we sit down and have a conversation about what our values are to make sure that we're all in the same corner (laughs) it's just something you start to notice Mm. and I notice that with my roommates here just like in the comments we make or when when we're watching a movie and we find a guy that we think is so cute in his character but then he does something that was out of our values for one of us just naturally to be like I would never absolutely not nope done absolutely not you know and it's just a funny thing like we're just sort of like bantering back and forth but it also exemplifies where the line is Mm -hmm. just because that's how it's like natural to us yeah that's nice to have that conversation with the people in your midst yeah yeah that's it it keeps you on track without it being like or having an intervention (laughs) but it's nice to have the groundwork laid so that you can say, hey, come to my aid Exactly. if I need an intervention. Yeah, which has also happened before. But that has to be a precursor. It has to happen in advance. A formative conversation. Yeah, there has to be a formative conversation. Uh, Yes, so that there's groundwork laid. And then my best friend's favorite kind of statement going into a conversation that is harder is, I know this is going to be hard, but I love you. And even if you don't agree with me now, I want to be the friend that said I was truthful with you the whole time, even when you didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So that you can't look back at me in a year and be like, why didn't you tell me? Mm -hmm. Just going to say it now. 
That's brave. That takes courage. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to hear what your situation is in life and how you're noticing people with your eye contact on the subway and making that fast track neural brain pathway connection. They are things that I sort of hesitate to tell you about because they are just a part of my daily life, but I know that you're prone to worry and you're my mom too. And I don't want you laying up at night, like imagining things or, you know, letting your imagination run wild on in situations because your daughter's in the big apple and like whatever. But they are things that happen every day and there's ways to live here healthfully and safely as a female. They just do take work. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, that's why you're not hearing about it till now, two years in. It's not, it's just like, if it's going to happen anyway, and I, I'm, you know, like it, I don't want to like make you scared when you don't have to be. Thank you. You're not responsible for my feelings. You cannot control my feelings. <laughs> right. But if I don't share information in the first place, you won't have the feeling at all. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> being uh, the open sharing of communication and allowing me to choose how I feel. I don't feel particularly yeah. alarmed or anxious and I haven't been laying awake at night. It is new news to me and I kind of go, huh, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that before. And so I just have to take it in and absorb it. But um, you do sound healthy, which gives me peace of mind. Uh, and I have entrusted you to God, who I believe will take care of you better than I can. And I pray for you in that regard. And when I, it's out of my control, I don't yeah. uh, lie awake anxiously. We have to be allowed to feel and go, oh, that's a little bit startling to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> Let me just take that in and, uh, okay, you know, I can work with that, that piece of information. I just have to take it in just as a little startling to me. I mean, just like if I was to take in new information about yeah, someone's yeah. health, like your dad has right. different health situation that I'm just like, oh, yeah, oh, true. That's, yeah, like registered totally the gravity of the yes. situation. So let me just take it in and... Um, yeah, totally. So there's no reason to like have to say to someone, I don't want you to fret about it at, late at night. <laughs> it's just like, okay, take it in. Yeah. If you need to talk to somebody else about it, talk to somebody else. Yeah, that's true. That's really healthy. Talk to somebody else about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking through this. It wasn't as painful as we thought. No. It wasn't. <laughs> You've done your personal work. I think the last few times that we've started with like, this is going to be so painful, it's ended up being a lot more cerebral. And Well, that's kind of true to um, who we are. It is true to who we are. It's way more comfortable, too. <laughs> if we go way back to one of our Enneagrams descriptions, both of you, you and I lean into our cerebral brain side. Five and six. More than our heart side, more than our gut side. So, you know. That's, I think that's all right. <laughs> thanks, thanks for, thank you for wanting to broach hard, hard topics with me and for sending that program. Cause it was, it was hard, but it was good. And it was, it was good to have vocabulary mm. for things that I already experienced mm -hmm. or, or understand. I'm, it was really good to know that my younger sister is going through mm -hmm. it. It's really good to know that 
this is the current language that at least one college Mm -hmm. has in place to equip people because education is a definite first step to change. Yeah, I was really grateful for it. Just the fact that they made this hour and a half video series with questions and they, they did real role plays that got a little personal and uncomfortable at times, but it was like, okay, that's <laughs> that could really happen. And um, and they warned you with the big flashing mm-hmm. red square. <laughs> this might be upsetting. Yeah. Uh, so that was honoring too. But they're like, we got to attack this head on. Yeah. And I love the tagline. Well, they call it interpersonal violence, but the tagline is not anymore. And, you know, while right. this might be accepted all these other times and on all these TV shows, not anymore. So I do appreciate that. Do, uh, do you find it cringy now when you watch some old yeah. um, movies, even like eight years old or so, or definitely movies in the 90s? <laughs> they, they don't wear well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 90s rom-coms are so full of not yeah. no enthusiastic consent or women only only talking to each other and being out for Uh their own like gain of a husband and i sit there like the the percentage of time that women talk about boys (laughs) in reality is far lower than you expect oh (laughs) yeah like that i do not go around my whole life worrying about this thing sometimes but that's not my like deep inner need you know what is interesting i am reading a book right now called the girls by emma klein Mm -hmm. the whole um concept is like what is the picture that girls think of themselves one of the statements that the author wrote about the girls is that girls are socialized through magazine articles to just think about what do other people think about me and boys Mm -hmm. are socialized to live and become who they are (laughs) Similarly, we just listened to Michelle Obama's podcast Mm -hmm. on um, women's health and what it means to go through menopause, etc. And she says, she and the doctor on it say, when I went through menopause, I said, all right, this is the year I'm getting, I'm giving myself the gift of not saying yes to things I don't want to say yes to and the gift of like personal choice. I'm not, I don't have to please Mm -hmm. anyone else this year. And Michelle Obama was like, it's just crazy that it took a like 50-ish some year old, you know, the 50-ish year in our lives to to give ourselves permission and that that was a gift when men at 18 are like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know? Whatever size I look, whatever hair color I have, whatever waistline (laughs) I have, you know. Am I qualified for that job? No. Am I going in for it? Yes. Will I get it? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Women are like, I'm overqualified and I probably won't ever get it. Oh, I'm stressed. That's a separate topic, but it kind of happens. No, it's so helpful. I was so grateful to hear her talk because seriously, she's like within three or four or five years of my age and Michelle Obama. And like some of the things she described when she was a teen of things that her mom gave her. I was like, no way. My mom gave me the exact same thing. (laughs) That's really validating. (laughs) Yes, I'm grateful for Michelle Obama's podcast and understanding my stage of life. (laughs) Yeah, education is, again, the first step toward change. That's why you and I, we love the the formative conversation because it's all cerebral. 
<laughs> That's right. That's right. Our hearts will come along. No. <laughs> That's, they will. And that is what this podcast is. It's either a formative mm-hmm. conversation or it's a conversation that should have been formative and now we've learned <laughs> from it. And so now it is our formative conversation exactly. for you. Hopefully your road is a little lighter, smoother, less bumpy. You might know what's coming a little more. Although you still have to go down it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so great to talk to you, Ingrid. Thank you, Mama. Love you. I love you. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, Hug and a High Five podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week. 